Hello, what have we here? Welcome to IDP Nation, the place for IDP and draft coverage. We are your hosts, Dan and Daryl. We have you covered from your LB1 Year Taxi Squad. We are IDP Nation. Welcome back. We have another episode of IDP Nation for you, Daryl. How are you? Doing pretty good, Dan. How are you? Pretty good. Uh, we we delayed recording a couple times, uh, but so so we are recording tonight. Uh, we're actually doing a double header here, which could go a little rough. But we have off tomorrow, both of us. <laughs> so uh, IDP Nation will drop on Monday, and uh, the IDP Dig the Dig podcast will drop in a couple days. We won't drop them back to back. Like Can that. you dig it? Can you dig it? <laughs> From the Warriors. Warriors, come out to play. Yay. You have to be pretty old to know that movie. <laughs> so we just dated our audience here. Um, but We did. <laughs> yeah, but it's a good movie. If you ever want to check it out, it's, it's a bad 80s movie, but it's still good. <laughs> I... Even the bad '80s movies are are great, man. Yeah. '80s was a great time. They yeah. were. I look back on them, and they were so great. Definitely. Um, so that being said, uh, we, you know a lot of uh, podcasts and things are, are going into off season mode, um, and a lot of things are going into off season mode. Uh, but rookie season is in full swing, definitely. And um, yes you know getting watching some of these guys it's, it's kind of interesting um so what we're going to do on today's show is actually rewind a bit and uh this time last year we were looking at these prospects getting ready for the 2019 nfl draft and we did some all sorts of mock drafts and all this other stuff uh looking back we did a mock yeah. draft before the draft so we had before we even knew where they landed just talent wise where they would go so we're going to do a mock draft, me and Daryl here, and our Daryl and I. And then we're going to take a look back at what we, uh, me and some other people in the industry uh, mocked and see how it lined up as an interesting exercise here. And in the coming weeks, I'm sure Daryl and I will get together a mock draft. Maybe we can invite some people on to, to mock with us. Or at least, you know, have them contribute in some way. Maybe we'll do the mock off draft and kind of go over the results uh, on the pod uh, to get you ready for maybe your league drafts before the NFL draft. There are a few that do that. None of mine do. Any of yours, Daryl? Um, I'm trying to think. I know everybody's going nuts over startups <laughs> uh, like crazy because. Actually, I've cut, well, I cut a couple leagues. I actually had a couple leagues that folded, which I wouldn't complain about. Uh, but I have picked up 
a couple of leagues, and it's the campus to Canton type leagues. So oh. that's something I've been looking to do. So while I, I vowed to cut out some, I did pick up those. I've picked up two there. So, two of them. But I've dropped like four. With Eric? Yeah, I picked up Eric, two of those. Eric got you involved in? Yeah, Eric has got one. And then a, a follower of mine, a fellow uh, Nebraska Cornhusker fan. Um, fellow? He, uh, you're, you're a Nebraska Cornhusker fan? Uh, yes, back in the day, uh, and still am, was a huge uh, Cornhusker fan, especially when Tom Osborne was there. So, so uh, how many teams do you follow in, in college? Well, I count three Christ. now. If, I swear to God, if you say Iowa, I will, I will drop my <laughs> headphones right now and come to freaking Amish country. I, uh, don't do it. We, we have too many podcasts to do for you to do that. So. Uh, you're lucky. Anyway, yes. I joined his league, but uh, like I said, I've dropped three or four. No, I've dropped five actually. So, uh, I guess counting the two I picked up, I've dropped three, and I'm probably going to cut a few more. That's I hate to say they're not up to par, but if they're I not like fun, activity. if it's not fun, well, it's not that then... they're not fun. They just there's not a lot of activity for well, as that's what I'm talking trades about. and stuff. If it's not fun for you, then it's you might as well just leave and then. You know, I, I always feel guilt about leaving leagues, but then when I leave, I'm like, the league's better off because if it's right. it's dead league, like the one league I left might just fold because a couple other people left. It was only a 10-team league, I think, to begin with. Um, uh-huh. It was because IDP only, um, but I was like, there's no discussion in this league at all whatsoever. It's just plug your line. Right. It's a best ball, too, so it's not like even... Like there was a trade last year, and I think I made it with somebody with Josh, I think. And uh, right, I just like it. a lot of activity, a lot of competitiveness, yeah. and and not that this league wasn't, but I mean, you don't you didn't see a lot of trades, you didn't see a lot of banter back and forth, and for me, that's that's as much as fun as anything as playing. So yeah. I cut a know. couple salary cap leagues because that stuff is just way too complicated for me. Yeah, I don't have many of those. I think I have maybe one or two, maybe maybe three. Yeah. Um, just to keep kind of, I like to have a variety, so I like to kind of keep that at least one or two of those in, so I can just kind of stay up to date and see where the value is and compare it to everything else. Yeah. I think it helps you a lot if you can have a good mix or variety of different type of leagues. Well, I I, I kept the leagues. Uh, <clears throat> I kept a couple of the salary cap leagues. It's just I had too many of them, and it was just getting to the point where I did not have enough time to devote to it, and it's um, unfortunate because right. I, I didn't I liked the leagues, and I was building <clears throat> the one team I was building from basically nothing, which I enjoyed, but it, it was just too complicated. I ended up messing a few things up because I, I didn't have the time to devote to it. And it's really, you know, maybe it's best if you just leave the league so that somebody that can give that time. Um, and while we're at it here, if you're interested in a, uh, I think it's an oligarchy league is how it's described. Um, it's it's very in-depth. Um, Ryan Early, I think is his name. Um, he runs these leagues and they are oh, wow. very in-depth. He was asking me if... if um, I wanted to join, and I explained to him, I said, if it's an in-depth league with salary cap and all this stuff, and he's like, yes, it's very, very in-depth. I said, I don't want to say yes and then be a terrible owner. Cause, so, 
Um, I, I declined, right. but uh, if anybody is interested, you can hit him up. Uh, I don't have. <laughs> I'll get his Twitter handle um, here in a minute. I think I can look it up real quick. Um, it's at Ryan A Early, so it's it's very simple. Um, I, I believe he is. Yeah. Um, he he was is all about the IDP, um, and he's very good. Um, IDP owner. He did one of our uh, what's it called eliminators this past year. Which, by the way, we will be getting the eliminators up and rolling. Uh, yes, we did. So not until after the NFL draft, uh, but we will definitely try to do that. And my goal is to try to fill a few more of them. Um, I know we did three. Maybe I'll branch out into some offense only ones just to kind of help raise money for the charity aspect of it. Uh, because again, we are trying to do that. Uh, but before we get into today's topics yep. and things, I know we've been already been talking for like ten minutes, but <laughs> some personal news. Uh, I have signed on with the IDP guys to uh, be an IDP contributor to uh, I think do some rookie rankings. And also uh, get some writing done eventually. Um, I think they've they've talked about this magazine that's coming out that's kind of conglomerate of a lot of different sites that are working on it. Uh, you are working on it as well, Daryl. And um, yeah, yes, yes, I am. So <laughs> I've kind of stepped away from writing for a little bit, and um, I'm going to write on this magazine, and then I'm going to contribute. Uh, once the magazine is up. Uh, but yes, I have signed on with the IDP guys. So we will be, of course, uh, we, we've had a good relationship with them for uh, the podcast and, and the website for a number of years now. And um, yep, I was looking to unload some, some stressful aspects of things. So um, going for stress-free, <laughs> just being a cog in the machine, so to speak. Um and you know, no, not that I, I wanted to leave. I'm glad Darryl, you lost some of the stress, but uh, you picked it up. It seems like glad you lost some of the stress. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I did a little bit. Uh, glad you lost some of the stress, but uh, I'm glad to see that you're entertaining the idea of writing again because I yes. think you're a good writer. So thank you. Uh, uh, definitely uh, was glad, and, and you couldn't landed with a better group than the IDP guys. I mean. Like you said, we've known them for a while. We've had them on our show. We've been on their shows. Um, we still talk in the back channels and chats and stuff. So, yeah, uh, yeah I mean, that's a good opportunity to you and a good uh, good opportunity for you and a good landing spot. So, uh, yeah, uh, you know, if you're going to land somewhere, that's as good as you can right there. Yeah, and we have some other things in the works. It's going to be down the road a little bit, but uh, some interesting things that will be good for um, us as well. So I uh, don't want to get into, well, there are no details right now, just some things being kicked around. So uh, when we have announcements to make, we will make announcements, um, some exciting things uh, <laughs> that we have been definitely um kicking around the idea on and want to make sure it's set up correctly before we make any announcements on but this uh magazine conglomerate here that we are working on um we did we at dff decided not to do an idp only rookie guide uh so 
So we decided to join forces uh, with some other people interested in making a rookie guide. And this is actually going to be a physical magazine. I believe it is going to be available digitally as well. But I believe I'm super excited this about is going to be an actual, like, in-the-mail magazine, which is kind of cool because I could say I'm a published yeah. magazine writer. Exactly. After all those years, and I still have a, a bookshelf over here of uh, tons of magazines. And, and I don't know about you, Dan, but while most of those are out of date by the time they hit the shelves or whatever. They are. They are. They all are. I, I still, you know, I still buy them because they're still, well, at least the ones that I buy, there's a few like Fancy Football Index. Mm. Love that magazine. Love that magazine. Um, there's just some stuff in there that I can't find anywhere else. And I like it. I buy it every year. And uh, I, I have them going all the way back to the uh, <laughs> late 90s. And uh, I'm just not going to get rid of them. I'm, so, yeah, I'm kind of like you. To be in a published physical magazine, that's a uh, – uh, I like that because that's just yeah. something I've always kind of dreamed of, you know. I, know. So. I mean, we, we – you could argue that you could print out our PDF that we made and that's, a, you know, you could make yeah, that but a magazine, but it's, it's not, that's a little different than going to the store and pulling one off the shelf and yeah, or what have you. So yeah, this is a, it's big for me and I know it is you too. So yeah. And, um, also, um, I believe I was on, um, uh, no, maybe not. Uh, but also Walton Sperling has joined <laughs> the IDP guys. I think I'm getting him confused with somebody else. Um, has joined, <laughs> and um, you know they they have a growing um, IDP guys are growing, man. They, yeah, growing um, very much so. Uh, not only just I, I think the idea is you know, and they've been only been around for I think two years. Like really, it's a, it's a website and entity, so. Um, last year, yeah, they they've absorbed, not been around too long. Well, we Quick I update guess, here. You're, uh, I guess, we now. Uh, Houston's we, up twenty-eight, eighteen. Yeah. No, I need a field goal. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, uh, they're the, up twenty-eight, eighteen with uh, seven minutes left. So. <laughs> oh, that's plenty of time. Come on, Battle Hawks, get me within eight. Yeah. That's all I ask. You, you don't have to win. <laughs> Just get me within eight. Our listeners are going to think our we're crazy. <laughs> Well, yes, because this is in live time, and and then you know, tomorrow morning when they're listening to this, they'll be like, "What are they talking about?" But it's XFL betting <laughs> that like, we got going on here. <laughs> um, yeah, I bet the Battlehawks plus eight. So, um, the You're first, good. I think they'll come back in. Uh, the, the first leg of my uh, bet worked out. I picked the um, who won today. The Dallas. Dallas is a minus. Oh, uh, Dallas. Minus six and a half, and they won by seven. So they helped me out there. But but anyway, uh, we at the IDP guys, uh, you know, they last year they, they absorbed um, the F3 pod and, and other things that they have. So it's not just an IDP um, website anymore. It's kind of a. You know, all 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 shapes and sizes kind of website. I'm doing a terrible job of plugging that right now, by the way. But it's been a long day. <laughs> been a long day. It been, been a good day. Um, to to try to 
but like you said, you know, I'd gotten away from writing, uh, just too much going on in, in life in general and looking to be able to slow down a bit and, uh, right. you know, I wanted to definitely keep podcasting and writing was kind of one of those things that kind of, I like doing it. Yeah. I'm not letting you out for podcasting. That just ain't happening. (laughs) Yeah. 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 That's, I mean, if I had to pick one thing, like if I was given an ultimatum that I need to pick one thing, then I'd stick with the podcast. But, um, writing is something I enjoy. And when I have time to do it, it's, it's, is something I'm passionate about. And a lot of the research that I put into it helps me, um, with everything fantasy. And it's, it's even if you just dive a little bit deep into stats and things, um, it it helps you become a better IDP player. Right. So getting back to this week's episode. Um, so, um, (laughs) So obviously we're now a uh, split home here. So g- give us equal time over at DFF yeah. and at the IDP guys. Um, so no haters here. We'll we'll push both. So. Yeah, yeah. Get a subscription to both, and you'll be plenty happy. Yeah. Um, anyways, you won't need to go anywhere else if you get subscriptions to both. So that's true. You'll you get everything you need. <laughs> Anyway, we got yep. some good news, everyone. Kind of good news. There's no injury news in the off season. I mean, so it, it yes, it can't uh, be terrible news. So what's the news going on today or this week? I no, guess. we've got some. We'll we'll jump right into very good news for us IDP players. The NFL reinstated Browns defensive end Miles Garrett. Um, it appears that he's going to be ready for week one. Um, there's some, if you've been following this on uh, social media and some of the fantasy sites or football sites, there's a, I guess it's now going into a legality thing between him and uh, uh, Mason Rudolph. I, Cause they both say are standing behind, you know, when I'm, Garrett says he said the N word, Rudolph mm-hmm. says he didn't. So now there's getting lawyers involved. So, but, and I don't really care about all that. I'm just, you know, for us IDP guys, uh, getting Miles Garrett back on the field is a huge, huge uh, plus. Um, yeah. Probably going to lead the league or being among the league leaders in sacks and stuff like that. I mean, he, he's just a great player uh, and it's good to see him uh, back on that. Yeah, I mean, what he did was horrific, and, uh, you know, you'd put it right up there with yes. some of the horrific things you've seen, uh, like Vontaze Perfect, Absolutely. Uh, and Sue, just doing things that are... But this kind of took it to a whole new level, to, to swing a helmet at somebody. It did, like, I mean... Know, stomping on somebody, I it's mean, dirty as he hell, was... but... But, yeah, taking somebody's helmet and trying to swing it I mean, he's lucky that head. he missed. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Or, yeah, he's lucky he didn't crack I mean, him. if he hit him right way, that had been, ooh. Yeah, if he hit him square, he could have killed him, possibly. I mean. Yeah, I mean, it would have seriously bad. injured him. So, I mean, I, I think he missed, like, eight games, I think it was. Or more than that, ten games, something around there. I think that's right. 
Uh, I, I mean, if you look at the other... I would say it was between 8 and 10. I'm not exactly sure. Yeah, I forget what week it happened. Uh, he didn't play after that week. I know that. I'll see um, no, he didn't. But, I mean, I think he still goes up there as one of my top three defensive ends. I haven't really looked at rankings uh, for 2020 yet. I kind of tend to do that um, after free agency because I want to see where these people end up, um, what teams they end up on, scheme changes. You know, we got a lot to take into consideration. Yeah. That's why uh, I think it's it's um, it's good to have fluid rankings and to have a set of here's where I stand right now rankings. Uh, but I think you have to revamp them every few months to kind of, you know, I think in season – Things change from week to week. It depends on how you're looking at things. Um, I, I'm more of a dynasty player. I'm constantly so. tweaking mine. So during the yeah, but unless like unless something drastic happens, like somebody loses their job, there really shouldn't be to your dynasty rankings that big of a wiggle. You know, people moving up, I guess, and some people creeping down, I guess, but. Dynasty rankings, you really shouldn't be changing on a whim. You understand what I'm trying to say? Yeah, I do. Uh, There's a difference. There's some things. Go ahead. There's a difference between your redraft rankings, which can be drastically different than your dynasty rankings. Right. Because if you told me, if you told me last year, you know, oh, I dropped Miles Garrett out of my rankings for re- redraft, sure, but I still want him on my team as a top three defensive end, so I would not really have dropped him out of my dynasty rankings last year. He would still be like one or two. Yeah, me either. I mean, obviously, obviously, the the threat of him being suspended further was still there, but I'd still wouldn't really move him much. But yeah, I mean, re- you're right. Redraft, I'm probably drink, I'm probably uh, dropping him quite a bit. Yeah. Um, but in dynasty, with the uncertainty until now, you know, you you kind of moved him down just a little bit, but now that he's back, I think you can just put him back where you think he is football-wise. You don't have to really worry about off-the-field stuff. Yeah. So, yeah, you know, I th- I, at least for me, that's where I'm at. I'm putting him where I think he should be. I don't think he's the overall number one because uh, I just – you're right now that's Daniil Hunter, but uh, – uh, yeah, I mean he's he's back in the conversation because he's back on the field, and yeah. that's that's the thing you've said it a million times. Availability is your best ability. Absolutely. Whether it's an injury or off the field issue or whatever, mm-hmm. if you're you're not on the field, you're no good to nobody, even in fantasy. So, yeah, he's stated. So, uh, um, you know, you can plug him back in your lineups and your rosters and and treat him accordingly because he's still one of probably the top five defensive in the league. All right, enough about him. What's next? 
What's um, next? Up next, we have the Chargers. Our Chargers. The I Raiders really extension. The Raiders. Huge, huge. I don't know how you feel, but I'm loving that. I didn't hear a word you said. You were breaking up. Who got the extension? I just said. Uh, again, you're breaking up. Your you your crappy you internet strikes again. Yes, I can uh, hear Chuck you now. Chuck Clark for the race three years. Okay, I thought you said Chargers. That's why I'm like, who are you talking about? Yes, I Chuck Clark. Uh, I don't know why because everything seems fine. I don't know, but anyway, Chuck Clark gets well, the three-year extension. Chargers, but... See, see, there you go. Uh, Chuck Clark gets <laughs> the extension. The Chuck Clark, three years, sixteen million. And in a corresponding move, they cut. They're going to yep. cut Tony Jefferson. They. I don't think they've done it yet because I think about the uh, the clock or the you know the deadlines for these things. They they intend to cut him. I'm not sure if he's actually physically cut right as of right now, but uh, that makes sense. They saved some money. Chuck Clark played well. I think that defense played well right. with Clark instead of Jefferson. I don't think it played work worse when jefferson was in there if that makes sense but if you can get a cheaper guy to do the job that's the nfl business for you so right now they have the availability to pursue some edge rushers which i think they need badly um yes they do because matt judon is not is not going to get it done by himself i think they need somebody else yeah they need some more pieces definitely so what else we got? Uh, linebacker Shaq Barrett says uh, he's willing to give the Bucks a hometown discount. Who's his agent? Uh, says he, you know, he likes his. Oh man, I don't remember who his agent is, but he says he likes how he fits in Tampa's scheme. Uh, I'd have to go back and look and see who his agent is. I'm not real sure. I know the answer. You know, I, was I, I think you. that makes sense. It's Drew Rosenhouse, and there's no way. In, there's no <laughs> way in hell Drew Rosenhouse is letting him take a hometown discount. No way in hell Drew Rosenhouse is going to leave money on the table. He's going to say, "My client on the other got side, me nine, my, my client got 19 and a half sacks for you last year. You're going to pay him." Like a nineteen and a half sack guy. True. Uh, but I don't think he's going to break the bank. They're they're going to have to pony up some money for him. Unless they, they are, they're going to they, have to pony up. Unless they tie him up for like five years, they might be able to get him for less money. But Drew Rosenhaus isn't going to let him get off cheap. I, I agree. Because he he is the <laughs> right. he is not the guy that's that lets teams off easy. I'll just give you that. No, he does not. He does not. Yes. Anything else? And yeah, one last piece of news. Um, safety Eric Whittle retired after thirteen seasons. Yes, he did. Uh, played for the Chargers, Ravens, and Rams. Uh, he had 1,154 tackles, 881 solo, 14 for a loss, 9.5 sacks, 29 interceptions, 100 pass deflections, 4 touchdowns, 8 forced fumbles, and 5 fumble recoveries. Uh, a really good career 
for all the teams he played for. Yeah. Do you think oh, he's man. a Hall of Famer? Uh, I, I don't think he is. Although I think he'll he might be he might be on on a ballot. I don't think he's. He'll be, be on the ballot, but do you think he makes it in? Definitely not first year. Like third year, fourth year, he might get in. Depends on who else is on the ballot, too. A lot of these times. I I think he was a really, really good player. I don't know. Hall of Fame to me should be a head and shoulders above. Would you vote him in? I don't have a vote. I'd have to see who else is there. Like, No, I'm not saying you have a vote. I'm just saying... You keep up with this. Everybody does. If you were a voter and you had a vote, would you vote him? I'm not saying first time, but do you? would you eventually vote him into the Hall of Fame? On your ballot, would you sign him up as the Hall of Fame? I don't think so. I look at... Because <laughs> I look at guys that are in, like Ed Reed. I'm with you. I don't, I don't think I would either. Ed Reed. Head and Shoulders. Above definite Hall of Fame, Eric Weddle, definitely Hall of Fame. Yes, he has the Super Bowls. He has absolutely. He has the the knack for playmaking. Eric Weddle was a solid, really, really good NFL player. I don't think he's a Hall of Famer though. There's there's tons of solid NFL players that don't deserve to be in the Hall of Fame just because Hall of Fame should be the tippy top best. And I don't think you can put Eric right. Weddle in the tippy-top best. He's very, very good. I'm not saying he wasn't good. I'm just... We're so quick to crown people Hall right. of Famers, I think, nowadays. Everybody's a Hall of Famer because they, they vote so many people in, it seems like. I, I like to keep that hall sacred and small. You start letting, you know... It should be elite. It should be. You know, all pro game. The, the, the Pro Bowl is for very, think, very good players. <laughs> but. You know what? The Pro Bowl, I don't even consider. I, I've, I've I'm saying getting that all pro that, status. I'm not saying they're just... Getting the all pro yeah. status is one thing. Being a Hall of Famer is eliteness. Like every year, all pro, you're head and shoulders above the rest right. of the year. You're, teams i don't think weddle was ever all pro for that long because he had guys like troy palomalo and ed reed in front of him for most of his career yeah i'm kind of weird i look at both of those guys as hall of famers and it might be the knock that he never got a super bowl although did he uh... did he get a super bowl with baltimore was he around for that one or no yeah, I, I would agree with you. All right. Is that all you have? Oh, man. You know, I don't. It is. It is. It oh, is. and a quick update Houston, 28. St. Louis, 24. Yes. With a minute 36 left. Just hold. Just hold. <laughs> uh, so, anyway, one more piece of news. Turn down the 
Daryl didn't want to report this, but JJ Watt got married on Saturday. His hatred for the Texans. I hate you. Uh, he didn't want to report that JJ Watt got married. Roll uh, tight on me. So I didn't even know he's engaged. So that's kind of a surprise to me. Not that I really keep interest in tabs into roll, roll professional players. Roll tight. Uh, but his wife apparently played for the U.S. national uh, women's uh, soccer team, I believe, is, if I'm not mistaken. If that's what, uh, I don't know. Maybe I misread that. She was some kind of national sports. Uh, actually, yeah, I think it was soccer. The national women's soccer team, I think it was. Yeah. So, what's these NFL players marrying soccer players? You know, Zach Ertz. And, um, touching up on six-time pro- Right, right, right. Uh, Eric Whittle, six Pro Bowls, mm-hmm. two All Pros. It's not Hall of Fame to me. Sorry. Um, Sorry, Eric Whittle. You had a very nice career, very yeah, good, solid I mean, career, had... but I don't think that's Hall of Fame. Anyway, let's. Yeah, he led the league in interceptions once, so I, I'm with you. I don't. I think he's a really good player, but not quite. All the fine caliber. All right. It's going to take us a while to do this. Uh, so we we decided to take a look back at the 2019 draft class uh, that we analyzed to death for about three months, uh, from like you know March through to like the end of May, and uh, kind of do a redo, a draft redo. I know you've heard some of these maybe on some offensive podcasts redoing the draft. Uh, we're going to do one for the defensive side of the ball. Just defense. No offense involved. Just defense. Sweet. And then we're going to compare it. I have a couple of these mocks that we did with some friends in the in the industry. Some not in the industry. Some just IDP uh, fanatics. And we'll take a look at where these things kind of fell into place. Uh, so I decided to I get the first pick. Just randomly. And then we're going to alternate picks. Boy, here we go. Argue. So I'm going to take the eventual... Um, and I really thought about doing something different here just to... to just to be different. But I know that the Niners fans out there would revolt if I didn't take Nick Bosa number one overall. So, Nick Bosa... The Bosa brothers. I knew you would let Bosa fall to three, probably, because your hatred for the Bosas. So I probably could have had him <laughs> at three, regardless. Um, I, I want to hear who you have to take, and it might actually influence who I have to take, so I'm not going to say anything else. Uh, who are you taking it to? <laughs> Hello? Oh, man. You're frozen again. Call you Elsa over there. Since I had lost my mind, I was crazy. I'm here. I'm here. Okay, you were frozen for a minute. So who's your second pick here? Jesus. I'm here. Who is your pick? Can you hear me? Yes, I can hear you. Who's your pick? I don't know what's going on. It's shitty internet, but uh, I hear I you. So, like I said, uh, 
a year ago, a year ago, you call me crazy if I do this, but I'm going to take Max Crosby at number two. <laughs> Excuse me. I didn't mean to cough into the microphone like that. Uh, that's who I thought about taking at one, just because I had a feeling you hate Nick Bosa so much that you wouldn't take him. Uh, I, I, I considered it. We talked about this when we talked about the Defensive Rookie of the Year <laughs> award. Um, Crosby actually kind of outperformed <laughs> Nick Bosa. So I, I don't mind it. Um, I think it's a solid number two pick. We did. I, I think we did. And I'm going to end up getting kind of a he layup did. here and at you know, three. If it wasn't for that one big game. Well, I wouldn't say that because Crosby had one big game too. <laughs> so they both had you know steep inclines and some, some low games. Well, that's, that's true. That's true. Um, but Crosby didn't even really get a chance until right. you know, four or five weeks into the season. So... You know, take that for what it's worth. I think both of those are solid picks in your IDP leagues. You'll be happy with either one. Max Crosby, though, is the value pick of the century, I think. <laughs> for the, the decade, we'll say, since it's a new decade now. Um, just because he came out of nowhere. He was like a fifth round, sixth round pick. Yeah, uh, it, was, it was pretty amazing how he valued out um looks like daryl's not frozen so i'll pick and then he can go i'm gonna take um the guy who a lot of people had at number two before uh devin bush and i think devin bush going forward will be fine i think he ran into a rookie wall and ran into a pittsburgh team that stopped using him as much which troubles me a little bit but he's better than anybody on that team at least linebacker wise. I mean, inside linebacker wise. So I think he'll be fine. Who you got at four? Uh, yeah, agree with you on Devin Bush. A lot of people took him early. I was one of those that did. Uh, still believe in him. Think he hit the rookie wall. So I kind of agree with you on that. Uh, so at number four, I'm going to. I'm going to follow you right up, and I'm going to take Devin White. He got off to a bit of a slow start, was a little bit injured, but when he got healthy and was on the field down the stretch, he was making some huge plays for them. Um, so I'm going to take Devin White of the Tampa Bay Bucks. Yeah, and I thought about White just because, you know, average per game, he actually did a little better than Devin Bush. Uh, he missed three games. was a big part of the reason why he wasn't higher in scoring. Um, but yeah, I don't think you can still go wrong with either of the Devons, but I don't think they'd be as high as, as Bosa or Crosby if you were having a draft right now. I don't either. I, th I think, you know, I look back at some of, you know, last year I did a, um, a rookie draft average where everybody was sending me their rookie drafts and I was doing this composite, mm -hmm. and Bush and White were one and two the whole way. Uh, Bosa and Oliver were like three and four. I think if you redo that now, Bush and White might fall to three and four. So uh, yeah. they fell just a little bit, but yeah, I agree with you on that. Uh, so I think next, uh, I'm kind of torn, uh, but I'm going to go with another defensive end. I'm going to go with Josh Allen here. 
Nice. Allen had a good season. He didn't have a great season, and I think that's why he kind of gets overlooked a little bit. He had a steady season. Um, he he was just behind uh, Crosby, and um, he had uh, oh, 10 sacks. He had double-digit sacks. So he did yeah, not he led the rookies season. in sacks. Okay. Um, so, But, yeah, he didn't really contribute a whole lot in the tackle department. He had 29 tackles total, um, or 29 solos, 11 assists. So if he wasn't getting you a sack, he wasn't getting you much at all. Um, but yeah, I think he has a, the ceiling is there. And I think, you know, Ngakwe may be gone. Class Campbell's yep. getting older. He's going to be the man there. Yep. Um, so I think, and I think Jacksonville is going to continue to try to build that defense up. So who do you got at six? Uh, I really wanted Josh Allen at six, but you took him. Thank you. Um, with him off the board, I'm kind of torn. Yeah, I think there's but a big drop-off point. Uh, yeah, I spot. think there is too. I, I would agree with that. There's kind of a drop-off. At least a tier. Uh, yeah, so I'm going to take safety Taylor Rapp for the Rams. Um John Johnson was the guy there to start the season, and I always felt that if Rap could get the, if he could get the situation, he was going to be the guy. And for him, luckily Johnson got hurt, missed the rest of the season, and Rap stepped in and just he was a straight baller for the rest of the season. Um, Rap made uh, Weddle retire, basically. Yes, yeah, so I think next year for the Rams, I think you're going to see a lot of John Johnson and Taylor Rapp. That's yeah. going to be their safeties. And that's probably going to be, in my opinion, one Strength of the best 13. safety combos in the league. So, Yeah, probably. I mean, I, I, I mean, at least think, near the top, I think. I mean, I think in a lot of the other combos, you have a really elite guy, and then you have somebody that's, that's okay. These two exactly. might be the closest in talent. Yeah, it seems like all teams have a well, not all teams, but most teams have a dominant safety, yeah. and then the other one's kind of a more of a role player, yeah. complementary piece. But mm -hmm. you know, with Rap and uh, John Johnson, that's 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 hard to beat. It really is. So yeah. uh, you're up at number seven. At seven, I'm going to keep the safety train going. I'm going to Juan Thornhill. Um, nice. I think if he didn't get hurt, he he would have been a big part of that playoff run. It's miraculous that the Chiefs were able to do what they did throughout the playoffs defensively, um, even without Thornhill. And I think they would have been even more solid. You know, it's hard to believe that a Super Bowl winning team can can get a big piece like that back and right. uh, be even better. Uh, Thornhill probably was a first round pick. I don't know that he was this high. Um, we'll take a look at that in a few minutes, though. How about your number eight pick? I agree with you on Thornhill. They just lost Eric Berry mm -hmm. due to some um, personal cancer stuff and stuff like that, and he just wasn't on the field for them. So what do you do? You go you go draft a safety, and they got lucky and hit a home run with Thornhill. Um, putting him with Tyron Matthew – that may be the top safety group, so I agree with you on that. Well, you can't at have no an eight. I already took him in seven, so who you got it? Yeah. At number eight, I'm going to take 
See, I'm kind of no, I'm kind of torn here. At number eight, I'm going to take Cole Holcomb, Holcomb, linebacker for the Redskins. Um, Good. You left me with, the guy I wanted. <laughs> with all the issues they had at linebacker and ineffectiveness, um, he stepped right in day one and didn't look back. I mean, he was a tackling machine for him. He had some clunkers along the way, but overall he was one of the better linebackers they had all season and um, I think with the pieces they have around him in Montez Sweat and Jonathan Allen, Deron Payne, Kerrigan, and those guys, you've got um, you've got the safety um, uh, Collins behind him. All he has to do is play, so I'm going to take him there. Yeah, I, was, I, I wasn't really thinking of him, but I was debating between Thornhill and my next pick, which is going to be Mac Wilson. Hmm. And there was a high debate last year between Mac Wilson and Sion Taki Taki. And I was kind of on the Taki Taki train. Um, they didn't give him any opportunities to play, really. Nope. And I thought with um, Kirksey going down, Taki Taki would get the first run. Right. Seeing as though he was picked first. <laughs> right. Um, so Mac Wilson pretty much played once Kirksey went out and, and he and Schobert kind of played together. Uh, Schobert's contract situation is, is fuzzy. So it could be Mac Wilson's defense. Um, could be, could be, could be. I, I think Schobert will re will work out a deal there. But, um, but yeah, Mac Wilson uh, impressed once he got a chance to play. Um, he, he had some clunkers like, like Holcomb did, but uh, I think overall he, he showed, He's an Alabama linebacker. Right. So who do you have at 10? Uh, so at 10, um, I really liked Wilson. He was one of the two I were trying to decide at number 10. So since you took him, I'm going to take Montez Sweat. I'm going to go right back to the Redskins. Um, with uh, Riverboat Ron Rivera in town, who they've basically implored a 4-3 when he was in, in Carolina. If they do that in Washington, I think maybe Montez Sweat becomes a defensive end, and if that's the case, his value goes way up. Uh, he was uh, one of their top sack leaders um, as an outside linebacker, and he's got youth on his side. I think he's the guy you want to own there because Kerrigan's getting a little old and long in the tooth, but they have a lot of young pieces, like just like I mentioned with Holcomb. You've got Payne, you've got Holcomb, you've got uh, Jonathan Allen, uh, you've got uh, Collins behind him at safety. So, yeah, I'm going to go ahead and take Sweat at 10. You're up at number 11. And I'm going to surprise you because this isn't really based off of this year's production. But I see going forward, uh, I'm going to take Brian Burns. And Ooh. I'm going to take that just because I, I think – and Carolina fan might not want to hear this, but the second half of the year, I think a lot of that team gave up. Right. Um, and they, they're bringing in a new system. Um, they're going to probably be a 4-3, according to what I can tell, um, which means Burns will stay on the line as a defensive end. He had a really hot start to the season, and then after the bye week, uh, he was almost not there it seemed like so i think he may have hit a rookie wall uh may have been dealing with some injuries but um 
I really think that he has the talent in the league to get to the quarterback, and I think he will do nothing but grow in, in that Carolina uh, scheme. You know, they're they're now without Luke Keekley. They're looking for leaders to step up on this team, and I think Burns could be one of those. Um, did not score maybe as well as a lot of players that are ahead of him. You know, if you look at your scoring, but I think going forward, he would still be somebody I'd be targeting. Nice, nice. So. And I may have reached. No, I, I like the pick. I mean, I do. I mean, there's, um, you know, many people know that I wasn't one of his biggest fans, but he did a little better than I expected. Um, it'll be interesting to see with Matt Rule being the new head coach there in Tan- or, uh, Carolina, sorry, excuse me, with him being the new head coach there, what type of scheme they use and – how they use Brian Burns. So, yeah, I like it. And, I, and I'm like you. I think down the stretch, Burns played better and better each week. So, uh, I like that pick. You're up. Last pick of the first round. Oh, man. Okay. So, number 12. I'm, I'm, I know you're going to absolutely hate this. It's a corner. Ah. <laughs> uh, I'm going to take cornerback Byron Murphy of the Arizona Cardinals. And before you bash me. I don't hate the pick. You know what? If you're in a league that doesn't play corners specifically, then take this guy off your board. Yeah. Um, I, I get that. You know, I'm not totally stupid on that, but you, you can take him. But if you play in position, specific position leagues, Byron Murphy I was high on him last year, but I tell you, he exceeded my expectations. Uh, and I think once Patrick Peterson come back after that six-game suspension, a lot of people thought his value would drop. I thought it'd go but up. I, well, there was a lot of people said, well, Patrick Peterson's the number one corner there. True. You're, you're exactly right. But I'm with you, Dan. I thought his value would go up, and it did. I mean, he was a baller down the stretch because teams just did not want to mess with Patrick Peterson. Well, and Murphy you know, is a Mur- solid tackler. He is. He's one of the best tackling corners you'll find. Yeah. And um, that's a big positive with me. I mean, he's not afraid to stick his nose in there. And I think what he done last year as a rookie at being a corner – was freaking huge. I mean, he had 66 tackles last year. And uh, only 12 of them were assisted. So that means he had 54 solo tackles, three for a loss. He had the interception. He had 10 pass breakups. I mean, what more could you want from a corner? And, uh, you know, while most people string corners and whatnot, and I get that, that's a good strategy, there are these few corners that – are worth owning and worth starting every week. And I think Byron Murphy's one of them. Because what he, what's these teams going to do? He's going to get better, but do you pick on Patrick Peterson or do you pick on Byron Murphy? I think most teams are going to look at Byron Murphy, and at least for the next couple years, I think he's going to be the guy they pick on. And uh, he's going to put up big numbers because he has enough talent he can be that good. So, yeah, I mean – Looking at some of his games, five tackles, eight or uh, seven tackles, nine tackles, seven tackles, six tackles. 
there's not many games where he had five or less tackles, and that's what you want. And like you mentioned, he's not afraid to come up and tackle on the running game, so I'll take him there at 12. I'm not taking a corner until the last round. Of course not, you hater. Seventh round of my rookie draft, I'll take a corner. And that's where I took Byron Murphy a lot of times is seventh round in my rookie draft. I may have taken him a little earlier in a couple of them. Um, You know, I got him late as well, but just because – Nobody in my corners. drafts, I kind of looked at, okay, where's he falling? And I just kept watching and watching, and he yeah. fell to me, and I took him late. But, uh, yeah, I agree with you. All right. So I'm going to get one of the – see, I reached on Burns a bit, but I think I'm going <laughs> to get one of the best value picks. And I say this, his, his situation this year is a little cloudy because he got to play some stud snaps because Quan Alexander tore his – Damn you! Damn you! So it, it's going to be Dre Greenlaw uh, from the Niners. Damn it! <laughs> anyway, uh, but Dre Greenlaw, even when Alexander came back in the playoffs, they, they couldn't keep him off the field. Right. He's going to find ways to, to play now. When the Niners aren't in base four three formations, it's going to be who comes off the field. Is it going to be Quan Alexander, who they paid a ton of money to? I wouldn't be surprised to see the 49ers try to get out of that contract this year. Or Ooh, I think I've seen. Because I, I, tra- I think Dre Greenlaw and Fred Warner are the future there at that linebacking crew. And, and I do too, time, and I can't remember what I've seen, but I think 2021 is really well, that's where the 49ers can let Quan go. I can't remember. It's something to do with the cap number, but yeah. I think 2021 is the spot. So. But if you followed Quan Alexander's career, it's inevitable that he's going to get hurt. Right. And then Dre Greenlaw will pick up his snap. So the first few weeks, Dre Greenlaw might not be a good play, but once Alexander's out, he'll pick up the, the slack. Uh, and it hurts me to say, but Greenlaw made some of the biggest plays that burnt the Seahawks this year. <laughs> uh but yeah two two big plays i think i can remember off the top of my head that he made um i think because he got that interception from wilson and he also got that goal line tackle that prevented um that prevented hollister from getting in and getting the the three seed instead of the which might have turned out worse for the seahawks i don't know I think it would have been worse for the Niners to have to play that <laughs> weekend. But, uh, but yeah, uh, Dre Greenlaw's the pick at 201. Who do you got at 202? Uh, I wanted Greenlaw, you dirty, rotten. Oh, hey, you. already called me an a-hole. Come on. <laughs> Relax. <laughs> Relax. Uh, I hate being snipped like that. You don't, you don't even it. get this on your team. So. I know, but it's it's not. that's not the point. But I uh, agree with you on the pick, though. I'm going to go with one that <laughs> I think most people would have had in their top five to seven rookies. I'm going to go ahead and take Kalim Farrell, yeah. the other defensive end for Oakland. Um, nobody would have had Max Crosby ahead of him. Nobody, um, yes, you're right. Yeah, nobody. I Actually, mean, I'm sorry. There, There's one person. <laughs> okay. You know, who it's good. you know who it would be, too, don't you? Well, yeah, I do. Dingus would have had Max Crosby ahead of Clayton Farrell. I do. 
But uh, overall, most people had Colin Farrell as a top pick. Of course, the Raiders did. They took him at number four, um, which I thought was a little high. I really did. But I thought he was one of the safer picks, one of the better picks of the draft. Um, I kind of think he he received so much attention, I think it kind of took him out of it. And then he kind of hit a rookie wall. And then with Max Crosby having so much success, uh, it just kind of took away from him. I think he's going to get better. And with Max Crosby being that bookend, I think those two are going to be very formidable. He's a second year Um, player at this point. I I mean, we can, we can pump the brakes a little bit. Right. Like don't, he's not a bust. Right. No, he's not a bust. Uh, I just think people expected more. They did early on. And I kind of did too. But I think, you know, it happens with rookies. Rookies are really hard to predict. and uh, But I think he's going to be fine. I think yeah. year two, you're going to see a better version of him. And that's only going to help him and Max Crosby. And I those two as bookends for the Raiders, that's going to be something to watch. Yeah. Really, one of the things you have to pay attention to in, in, in fantasy football is if you're relying on any of these rookies year one, you're hurting. You're, you're yep. not going to be a yep. championship team unless these guys, unless you know they have a, a top season. And even you look at the top rookies that we just talked about; they weren't the top in sacks. Like they had good seasons, they weren't great seasons. This isn't their their ceiling for most of these I, guys, right? I think with rookies, you order it. Your best expectation is an average season. Yeah. No matter the position, no matter the team, no matter the role. Your best expectation for any rookie is average. If you get something more than that, you win. And I I think that's where you got to be with with rookies. So yeah, I'm gonna go at pick number two hundred three with Chase Winovich. Ah, God, I hate you. I think his, like we talked about, he had a couple okay games, and his ceiling, I think, is a bit higher. I think this year with New England, they're they're going to go undergo some changes, and yep. um, even if they bring Brady back, I think they know that they can't rely on the status quo, and I think Winovich is going to be a big part of their defensive line going forward. I do too, and I see so much of I see so much in him as a Mike Vrabel, a Rob Ninkovich that utility type player that can just a jack of all trades. I think once he gets his feet in under him and he learns that system and Belichick can kind of mold him a little bit, I think he's going to be an absolute star, not only for the Patriots, the NFL, but for IDP as well. So I love that pick. Great pick. Yeah. Who you got next? Uh, we we got to get this. Move. I know you're ki- you're killing me because you're taking all my guys. Um, okay, so at 16, pick 204, I think it is, I'm going to take Drew Tranquil of the Chargers. Um, they desperately need linebacker help, and he was a little bit of a special teams guy to begin with, but I think as the season went on, his play made it hard for them to keep him out of a bigger role Mm -hmm. and i think you know oh you got denzel perryman you've got 
whoever these other losers they've had over the years, it just hasn't panned out. I think Tranquil is going to step into a starting role. Uh, they're employing this um, three safety, five defensive back group that a lot of teams are looking at or messing with. And I think Tranquil is going to allow them to continue doing that because he's good enough at linebacker. He can swallow up whatever comes his way uh, with Desmond he's King. Coverage with, too. Yeah, and he's good in coverage. You know, Desmond King. Oh, help me at the safety. Oh. Derwin James. Yes, Derwin James. My mind went blank. They, they have good this year Adderley, who hasn't even sniffed the surface of. Right, and I mean the depth in their secondary and corners is huge. Um, Perryman and Tranquil are probably your linebackers, and I like Tranquil the best. I think he's with the youth, the talent. He's the guy you want. Uh, they build up front with Jerry Tillery and Nick Bosa, or not Nick Bosa, Joey Bosa, and you have uh, uh, Ingram. Um, you know you who really... else they have, right? Who? <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> you should have known it was coming. You got me. I wouldn't even expect you got me. That's one for you. I'm putting um... it on the board. <laughs> I forgot about that. Oh, you're such a shit. Uh, okay so you're up at 17 uh, i am at 205 i'm i never thought i'd be able to do this i'm uh -oh. gonna snipe you again oh uh, don't six, do it six snipe uh the letter kenny reference for everybody out there um I, i'm gonna go ahead and take out oliver oh you, oh you're dirty rotten oh you better be glad this is a family show well, you've already cursed like three times, but anyway. You know what? Then fuck you then. I, <laughs> <laughs> I didn't mean for you to drop an F-bomb. One. Anyway, <laughs> who you got at 206? Uh, no, no, enough said about Ed Oliver. I think he um, didn't have the greatest rookie season, but was pretty steady. You know what? He didn't have the greatest rookie season, but you got to put in context... He's a defensive tackle. He is. Yeah. That team, Buffalo does not have any mm -hmm. <laughs> good defensive tackles. Kyle Williams retired. Uh, Starla Tule is hurt. a shell of his former self. So Harrison Phillips naturally, if you're going to get a stud up front, teams are going to focus on him. And all I've got to say is go. if you don't believe he can't play and he's not going to be a star, go back and watch them play Dallas. Actually, go back and look at my Twitter page. I have it pinned as my top tweet. He just ate up Dak Prescott that whole game. I mean, they had no answer for him. But uh, that's enough on him. I hate you for taking him. But, uh, okay, so I'm up at 18. Yep. Ugh, man, I'm going to take – I'm going to take Darnell Savage, safety for the Green Bay Packers. A lot of people thought he was better than – uh, Juan Thornhill, and in the rookie ranks that I accumulated last year, kind of proved that those two were very close. I think they were separated in most leagues by a couple of picks, but uh, Thornhill's definitely better in my opinion. But Savage will be he he'll be a good fit for them. 
he showed flashes of what he can do. I'd like to see them get some better corners around him, but if they can keep Blake Martinez and they can upgrade that front line, I think Savage is going to be a really good player for them for a long time. Yeah, and he's definitely somebody I would just targeting. Uh, my yeah. next pick is going to be a guy that uh, started the season late. You, you know him very well. Uh, really made a difference on that defense. Uh, Jeffrey Simmons from your Titans. <laughs> I'm going to kill you. Uh, he, he really just impressed, um, and he was worthy of that first-round pick. Um, even coming back off the injury, had some big weeks, and um, I think as a defensive tackle, he's going to get, you know, with Casey and, and those big guys up front, he, he definitely will get his opportunities. Absolutely. I mean, he. a lot of people didn't like Tennessee taking him that early. Because they thought I it was going to be a red shirt year, and they thought yeah. that Tennessee needed more. I think yeah, and with I him that. playing, I mean, I mean, he only missed like five or six games. So I mean, yeah, I get that, and, I, and and you know, I was kind of skittish at one point on when he would return. I was hoping they wouldn't rush him back, and they didn't. They you didn't know, they really. kind of took their time with him. They kind of eased him in, but once he got in the game and got going he may have been a better fit overall than Oliver was in Buffalo uh, just because they have Casey and Harold Landry. Um, so, yeah, I absolutely agree with you. But those two, I, I will say this, Oliver and Simmons, if you're playing in leagues that require you to start defensive tackles, I don't know that I bump those two guys up maybe into my top ten. I, I mean, I really mean that. I know you think that's crazy, but for defensive tackle, for defensive as defensive tackles, because I mean, you're, if you're, you're, not, you're not saying top ten overall, right? No, just top ten IDPs. Okay, top like I mean, I'm. So you're saying we we took the league, them here at they're in well, the you took of uh, Darius Oliver Leonard. at seventeen, you took Simmons at nineteen. I would not if you're playing in. Uh, well, I, I'm trying to clarify. Do I, you mean top 10 overall as in linebackers and safeties combined? Yes, top 10 overall. Because most of the leagues, like you know, that play position specific, sacks are usually scored heavy. Um, they you In some leagues, they have their own set of scoring because they are defensive tackles. And you know this as good as I do, Dan. Finding production at the interior defensive line is few and far between. You're not going to find the Chris Jones. You're not going to find the Indomitansus. They don't, they're not as uh, common as your linebackers, your safety. So, hey, I'm not, if, if you want to take them in the top 10, I'm not, if your team needs that, I would not be opposed to taking them in the top 10. I really wouldn't because I think, so, you, you can't look at what everybody's doing. You have to look at what your team needs. And if these two guys are that good, then you can take them in the top ten, and I would not frown at that. I really wouldn't. So you're saying that – so I can name you ten guys just off the top of my head. Darius Leonard, Bobby Wagner, uh, Landon Collins, Buda Baker. You're talking about ten first. overall. That's IDP. what I was asking you. No, I was talking about rookies. This is what we're doing so in the rookie draft. Oh, okay. 
I was trying to clarify, and you kind of just were like, kept my talking, bad, my bad, kept talking, my bad. Like that's you what I, that's up. what I was like. What are you talking about? Like you, my bad. You got me people. fired up. You took two okay. of my guys. You still in sticky uh, fingers? Fired up. So who's you? Who are you taking now that I sniped you? <laughs> All right, so I'm. At I think 20. you're just stalling. You just go on these rants to stall, so you can find who you're going to take next. No, no, no. You you do this shit on purpose. You know what you're doing. You're not stupid. Oh, you're right. I'm man. taking good players. Man, at number twenty. Ooh. If I wasn't sniping you, I wouldn't be doing my job. I'm Very taking true. Good players. Very true. Uh. Man, that. I think this is where the next big drop-off is. Um, yeah, there's still a few good guys. I think the next five picks is where after that it will drop off. I think right here, bad as I hate to say this, I think right here I have to go with safety. Corey Willis of the Indianapolis Colts. Um, had a pretty good rookie season for them. Yeah. Put up some good tackle numbers. Um, and they need it. I mean, they have Darius Leonard, who's their superstar. Anthony Walker's okay. They don't have a lot up front. They don't have a lot in the secondary. I know they have uh, Rocky and Sin uh, at corner, and he's really good. But I think overall, I would rather have Kari Willis because I think he's going to play. You know, they have a Monty Hooker, or not a Monty Hooker, but um, uh, what's his name? Help me, Dan. Malik Hooker. Malik Hooker, yeah. Malik Hooker at safety, but can he stay healthy? That's been a big question with him all the way back to his days at Ohio State. I think Kari Willis gives him a little more stability at that spot. And uh, in fantasy, that's one of the bigger scoring positions. So I'm going to take him at number 20. Yeah, I think he covered more for uh, Gaithers than he did Hooker. but He did. Yeah, he did. But, so. I mean, even still with Gaithers – and Hooker's ability to inability to stay on the field, I think yeah. just having him there was a big plus for them. I had to play Kyrie Willis in a few leagues. Uh, I did too. Out, out of necessity. Um, the, the next, I mean, like I said, there's a few good guys here that I, I could pick, and it, I'm looking at three linebackers that I could take, and any one of them I think would be okay. Um, I'm going to go with Halani Tavai just because I feel like his playing time will tick up this coming year. Um, he wasn't overly impressive. I mean, he, he was, I mean, he did put up some points. I think mainly because um, they hate Gerard Davis so much in Detroit that <laughs> they stuck right. Tavai out there. I think Tavai will get some more playing time this year and, I think out of the guys that are left, I think a lot of them could have opportunities this coming year, but it's hard to really pinpoint where they're going to get these opportunities from. So you got 10. Oh, man. Let's see. All right. I'm going to take... Ooh, I don't know. I almost started to take him. Uh... You know what? I'm going to come back with a guy that didn't receive a lot of playing time early on. He's a guy you're going to love, uh, but he did get some love down the stretch, 
I'm going to go with cornerback Julian Love for the Giants. I heard the, the word first... Love four times. I was expecting it. <laughs> he played safety towards the end of the season. He actually did. He's listed as a corner on MFL, so which is a huge bonus. Because he was in a lot of my starting lineups in the last. I mean, few he weeks. scored quite a bit down the stretch for the Giants. Uh, I, I think they had some injuries and some miscues, but looking starting back from the last week of the season, eight tackles, seven tackles, five tackles, seven tackles, seven tackles. So in the last five games of the season, he was a tackling machine for them. Uh, had some uh, three pass breakups, a forced fumble, an interception. He was a playmaker, and I think it was one of those situations where they knew the season was bad. They kind of wanted to see what they had in their young guys. They put him on the field, and he didn't disappoint. I expect him in 2020 to have a bigger role and maybe even a stop starting opportunity. He may be the starting corner or opposite of DeAndre Baker. He may even be a safety. Um, but yeah. I like him. I think he's going to get a bigger role with the Giants in 2020 and definitely somebody you should be looking at. Yeah, I think it depends on what uh, the Giants do in the draft, what the Giants do in free agency as far as bringing the guy in. Do they bring corners in or safeties in? And that, that'll determine where he plays. I think he definitely plays. Right. Um, just where he plays is probably going to be dependent on what they take in the draft. Uh, my last guy I'm going to take was also from the New York Football Giants, a guy who got hurt early on, Ryan Connolly. Um, oh, I started taking him. When he played, he put up a ton of points. Um, it's just he got hurt. and um, The Giants are looking to move on from Alec Ogletree more than likely. And where? what do they have besides Connolly, uh, Lorenzo Carter, uh, Marcus Golden? is more of a pass rusher than a linebacker. So I think if Connolly can can lock down the inside and stay healthy, he could be a big point producer. I do too. And who's your last pick, Mr. Irrelevant in our draft here? <laughs> Make it a good one. Okay, so my last pick. Uh, man, we're getting down here where I don't like to be. <laughs> Um, There's two guys I, I also considered taking. I think. Oh man, this is tough. It really is tough. I think I'm going to take. You know they aren't going to have to be on your team, right? This is just an extra. No, I do know that. I'm I'm just kind of trying to decide here. I think I'm going to go with Jermaine Pratt, linebacker for Cincinnati. Okay. Uh, They're kind of good. They're kind of going into a youth movement. Uh, He played a little bit more and more down the stretch. Uh, Had some good games. Uh, They're going to have to put some more pieces around him. They have some aging guys up front while they have some stars. Uh, I mean, he had some really good games. If you look, starting at week 12, he had 8, 5, 8, 9, 12, and 5 yeah. as far as tackles go. I mean, he really produced down the stretch. Uh, I think he can be a piece they can kind of build around. I don't know that he's a superstar, but he swallows everything up that comes his way. 
And that's really what you're looking for in an inside linebacker. And if you play fantasy, that's exactly what you're looking for. So uh, I'll take Pratt at num- or whatever pick we're on here. Last one of the second round is the last yeah, pick. One. So some other notables that we did not mention. Uh, Bobby Okariki is, I think, a guy that you could have taken in one of these last few picks. Uh, yeah. How about Trayvon Mullen from a corner from the Raiders, I think, is a guy you could have possibly taken as well. Um, I think both of those guys would be worthy of a pick. Um, and there's a few other guys. I mean, Sam McGuavin was a, a big love child, but do you really think he's he's an answer at don't. Miami? I don't think he is. He did well, had a good rookie year, but I don't think he is. He had a very inconsistent rookie year. He had some right. um, some some boom weeks, some bust weeks, uh, and you didn't hear from him. Chauncey Gardner-Johnson's an interesting case. I think he moves to corner on MFL this year. Because that's kind of where he played most of his year. Uh, so he's not the guy I was really targeting, but somebody you could have picked. Um, Christian Wilkins, I think, is a guy you could have picked. Um, Mike Edwards, safety from Tampa, had some good weeks. Blake Cashman. Um, the problem with Blake Cashman, I think, is going to be that Avery Williamson and C.J. Mosley come back from injury. Yeah, where, where does he fit? I office? really like Cashman, but you're right; those two, it's almost like they redshirted last year, and they basically yeah. did with the injuries. But I think once you get those two back, Cashman probably falls to the wayside. Yeah, um, he may be a future piece. I wouldn't really drop him because you never know I what's going to happen. Drop any of these guys, but yeah, no, so. I wouldn't drop him. But you know, he. It's funny you mention him. Do you know of a rookie that had a better season than he did or as good a season as he did and is going to basically be insignificant for 2020? Because, like you said, they get Avery Williamson and C.J. Mosley. Both are two premium tackler players that just basically made him irrelevant for 2020, in my opinion. Depends on free agency, I think. But uh, let's take yeah, a look at the – so before we go, let's take a look at the – what we what we did as a, a group uh, back in March, I think it was. April 8th, actually, was, I think, the last edit we made right before the draft. Uh, the number one pick was Devin White. Two was Nick Bosa. Uh, three was Ed Oliver. So Ed Oliver dropped a ton. <laughs> Quentin Williams was not even taken in this exercise, was fourth by you, by by the way. Um, fifth was Brian Burns. Uh, so Burns dropped a little bit. Devin Bush vaulted up from six. Uh, Josh Allen. Uh, Rashawn Gary, who I don't want on any of my teams. Um was an eighth pick. Ninth you know, pick was Mac Wilson. I actually own him in a few leagues. Why? He's not going to do anything. Because I think he's going to be. He's not. They have Smith and Smith right now. He's done. And I'm not crazy and wasn't crazy about where Gary landed in Green Bay because of their 3-4 system. But he showed a few flashes. I think they can bring him along. I think he'll be a decent piece for them. So I'm I'm not completely done with him just yet, but I don't have him on any team. He's a fringe player for me. I don't have him on any teams. Well, you suck. I'm smart. I've taught That's you all. nothing. I'm smart. I oh, take you're him. smart. 
Mac Wilson was nine. I took him at nine. Are you calling me down? Can I just get through this? Jesus Christ. I took Mac Wilson at nine, um, figuring the Alabama linebacker would do well. So he he turned around. Uh, Claylon Farrell was 10. Amani Hooker was 11. Yeah. We didn't mention him. Nasir Adderley was 12. (laughs) We didn't mention him, although that's mostly due to injury, I think. Uh, Ja'Kai yep. Polite, I don't even think is in the league anymore, uh, was the second round pick. I took Montez Sweat at 202, so that wasn't a bad pick. Uh, ben Burkirvin went third in the second round. Ooh. I think he expected him to go a lot higher. Uh, Khalil Hodge went at 2.04. Oh, man. <laughs> Terrell, oh, man. Terrell Hanks went at 205. Jeff Allison went at 206. Guess who made those Hodge and Allison picks and the guys didn't even make a roster? You did. I hate you. I hate uh, Jalen Ferguson was the next pick, and he's in the league and, and doing okay. Um, Taylor Rapp was yeah, at 8 not doing too bad. in the second round. Chauncey Gardner-Johnson was at 9 in the second round. Uh, Joe Giles-Harris was at 10. Cameron Smith was at 11, and Juan Thornhill was at 12. So, yeah, Mm. that was the pre-draft before we knew where these guys fell. Uh, Max Crosby, by the way, was taken at 312 in that pick. Uh, Once we knew where they landed, here's how they... the biggest riser of the whole draft. Yeah. Well, 3.12, IDP John (laughs) did did a nice job of uh, snagging him before he landed on the Raiders. Um, but anyway, right. the post-draft mock that we did, Nick Bosa went one, Bush two, White three, Oliver four, Quentin Williams five, Josh Allen six, Brian Burns seven. Uh, we forgot about somebody that I think we're going to want to remember, and I think we're looking at numbers. Uh, Jonathan Abram. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. I think... Wow. It's amazing how you forget this stuff. I think I would have taken him... Oh, I would have probably taken him... Probably over Mac Wilson. I would have taken him late first, probably. Uh, But anyway, Montez Swift I would have took... You know, I took... Kind of matching up here. You know, I took Taylor Rapp at six. You took one Thornhill at seven. I think I put Abram just between those two. I think I take area. Abram just ahead of Thornhill right there. Yeah. Yeah, I can see that. Uh, anyway, Burns was seven. Abram was eight. Sweat was nine. Gary was 10. Farrell was 11. Thornhill was 12. Uh, Savage was one oh. in the second round. Wilkins was two in the second round. Pratt third. Winovich fourth, which is pretty much where he went. Uh, pretty accurate. Uh, Halani Tavai went fifth. Okariki went sixth. Jeffrey Simmons went seventh, which is exactly where I took him. Uh, Blake Cashman went eight. Mar- <laughs> Marquise Blair went nine, and I would still take him in the third round, I think, if we continued this. Greedy Williams went ten. Sion Takitaki went eleven, and Zach Allen went twelve to the Cardinals, and he didn't do much this year. I think he got hurt, but uh, just an interesting exercise to see where we differed, you know, postseason and preseason and pre-draft. 
Uh, so if if you see somebody doing one of these pre-draft drafts, um, take it for with a grain of salt. Right. Because it's always great to look back a year later. And you could end up with is. some terrible guys. Uh, yeah, some terrible can. picks if you uh, drafted now. So, anyways, um, that's about going to do it for this show. Uh, we are going to come back here. We are taping the Dig It podcast here in a couple minutes. Um, Got a couple quick questions uh, if you want to do them real quick. Hurry up. You're talking about me okay. talking. I know, I know. Go for uh, it. Rapid fire. Wicked Wicker from Reddit. He wants you to rank these safeties. He's going to keep two. The scoring is touchdown six. Three quarters of a point for assist. One and a half for solos. Sacks are four. Interceptions are six. Forced fumbles. Fumble recoveries are four. Safeties are ten. Tackles for a loss, two and a half. Pass breakups, one and a half. Eric Reed, John Johnson, Sean Williams, Tracy Walker, and Keanu Neal. Rank those five, and he's probably going to keep two. Rank them? Yeah. Uh, I would probably put John Johnson at one. Okay. Oh, man. <laughs> this is where it gets tough. I think it John is. Johnson's one. He's coming back from injury. I'm not that worried about that injury. Right. I almost go Eric Reed too. Ooh, wow. Wow. And I think I put Neil third. Oh wow. You're you're completely different from what I answered. Wow. I put um it was Williams and Walker. Yeah, Sean Williams, Tracy Walker, Keanu Neal. Yeah. I'd last? go John Johnson. I gotta go Eric Reed too. He looked solid last year. Wow. He was one of the top safeties in the league last year. He was. Um, Keanu Neal, I just don't think you can depend on. He's had two season-ending injuries early in the season. I've... I got to knock him down because his durability... You know, we, we said earlier in the podcast, availability is your best ability. Exactly right. I agree with you on Neal. I do. Um, Williams, I put it four. Ooh. I, I I can't put him ahead of Neil. Because Neil still has the potential, if he's on the field and healthy, to be better than See, Williams. I'm, I'm, I'm against you on that. So that means you got Walker at five. I had, my I response was Johnson at one. I agree with you on that. I'm not worried about his injury. But I went Sean Williams at two mm-hmm. because he's produced, even with, um, Jesse Bates there, he's produced. Keanu Neal, I love the guy, has all the potential in the world, but he can't stay healthy. Um, you know, I went Eric Reed at three, Keanu Neal because he is good at four, and then I went Tracy Walker at five. Wow. I'm kind of surprised you put Sean Williams so far down. Reed has had such a good season, and I can't put it. I can't drop Neal that much. Williams has been good and pretty consistent the past couple Keanu of years. Keanu Neal is the Sean Lee of safeties. I wouldn't go that far. Yes, he is. He's been hurt he hasn't played two of the last three years, dude. Come on. Bull. bull. You know better. 
You know better. I'll, I'll that's fight why, you. you know well, if you're only keeping two, then that's two I'd keep. Eric Reed and John Johnson. If I'm keeping two, I'm keeping John Johnson and Sean Williams. I don't know that Reed will reproduce what he did a year ago. I think he'll be okay. I think he's he's found a, a team that wants him around. And I, think he'll, I, think he'll be, I see that. I, think, I get it. But I want, I want to see another year of it. Luke Keekley's no longer there stealing tackles. So very true very true depends on what they do in free agency in the draft but i mean you could very well see reed have a better season next year without luke keekley okay i want to see that if he can give me if eric reed can give me just a good a season or better this year then i'm in but i want to see it I i can't deal with just a one year thing well, he was uh, good Sean in Carolina the second. The last two years. Now, now hold on. The second half of the year in Carolina that he played, when he signed on halfway through the year, he had a solid second half of the season, considering he's coming off the street. So True. He's I'll, had. He's, I'll give I you mean, that. I'll give you that. I'll had give it not that. been for the the protest stuff keeping him from being on the field, you know, the teams kind of. Here's my thing pseudo blackballing him there i mean he would have probably played a full season that year right I, I, and i'll give you that but here's my thing we both agree on john johnson as the top safety uh, yeah. that group. sean williams eric reed you make valid points for eric reed i get it now that i listen to you i get it but sean williams is doing what he does and being a top 10 safety with another top 10 safety right beside him and jesse bates when you can do that and have somebody just as good as you playing beside of you, I, that's hard to beat. Eric we Reed talked about safety, safety duos. Cincinnati may have one of the best safety duos in the league with Williams and Jesse Bates. They do. I'm not saying that he's not any good. I just would rather have the other guys ahead of him. So last I, season. We'll agree to disagree. I'll take Williams. Season, you take Reed. <laughs> last season – Scoring, pretty balanced scoring, not maybe the same. Sean Williams was the 12th safety. Okay. And Eric Reed was the second safety overall. Okay. And in, in this league that I'm looking at, I mean, in one of the other leagues, Eric Reed was number one. Um, Jesse Bates was seven. I mean, I'm not saying that I. Tracy Walker was actually 11th. Oh, wow. And he missed two games. So I don't know that. Sean Williams was consistent. Was he, he was. great? He, not really. He was consistent. Not great, but you knew what you got with him. Yes. You could trust him. You could depend on him. Got it. Any other questions? Uh, one more real quick. Uh, Marshy92 from Reddit. He's new to IDP. He wants an IDP trade value check. Uh, his league starts 2D line, 3 linebackers, 2 Defensive backs, three flexes. Scoring is two per tackle, six per interception, six per sack, three per half sack. He wants to know the trade value of Bud Dupree and Cole Holcomb as far as picks. And looking at his post here on Reddit, the the owner is wanting both. The guy that's wanting these wants both of them. He's asking... Not the guy that's won them, but the owner of these, Marshy. He's wondering if he can get a third for each of them, which would basically be two-thirds for Dupree and Holcomb. 
Does he take it? I think he does. I like Holcomb better than most people. Um, I just don't know that you're going to get more than a third for him. And if you can get a third for Bud Dupree, I think you jump on it all day. Yeah, I'd take your thirds. Thirds So if you can get two thirds, yeah, I definitely think you take those. Um, I would almost even say maybe if you could get a second and a fourth, that would be. Oh, if you can get a second and a fourth, jump on it. But I don't know that. I mean, it would be a late second, probably. Yeah, I don't know that anybody's going to give you a second. Two thirds, I think, is fair. Yeah, I think if you can get the two thirds, I agree. That's that's more than fair because I I think you can turn those into something. You're talking rookie picks, right? Right. And the one thing about this draft class, from what uh, I'm seeing on the offensive side of the ball. You pretty much got all offense probably going first round. Because, uh, yes. I mean, well, I don't know that Isaiah Simmons, I mean, Chase Young might sneak up in the, the bottom half of the first round. Those like two are going to be your probable. Isaiah Simmons and, uh, it, to me, McKinney looks really good. Those are the three. McKinney, Simmons, and Young would be the three that would go in the first round, maybe. After that, I think you're looking at later rounds, but definitely those three are candidates. Yeah. Looking at the exercise we just did, I'm I'm not going to bump any D tackles too high in my drafts. No, not this year, no. I mean, Kinlaw is good. I haven't watched Kenlaw's good, Derek Brown's good, but I don't think they are Jeffrey Simmons, Ed Oliver. I don't know that they're even uh Yeah, but we're looking at those guys even, you know, we're looking seventeenth before we even took a defensive tackle. Right. Postseason. So I think looking at it in hindsight, you know, I think two thirds is fair, and I think at those two thirds you end up with the guys that go late first. You might even end up with like a... I don't know. <laughs> it's hard to say who's going to be there. I would say you'd end up with some pretty good players, though. I mean... You could end up with Delpit, I think, even maybe. I think Delpit's name is going to drive his stock up, though, because we've been talking about Delpit for years. We have, but you and me both are in huge agreement this tackling issue he has could hurt him it could hurt him a lot i think mckinney's for me it does i mean if i'm an nfl owner or coach or scout or whatever yeah delpit is a great player can do a lot but for me that inability or want to tackle that's huge for me i just can't get past that all right anyway we gotta go McMahon, we're out of time. See you later. Uh, but anyway, we uh, thank you for the right. questions. We'll get some more questions. We will probably not do this double header recording again, so we'll be able to take some more time <laughs> with questions. Um, we're, we're cutting into uh, the, the dig time here that we got going on. So Can you dig it? But uh, if you want some IDP Nation swag, you can go to myfantasyfootballshirt.com. And you can find your IDP Nation stuff there. I'm going to have to get me an IDP Nation coffee mug here. You know what? I may have to get one as well Yeah. myself. Uh, uh, and I may have to get a uh, a t-shirt. Yes. Uh, I love Valentine's Day is over, but you know what's coming up? Easter. <laughs> Easter, yes. 
the, the Easter, Easter Bunny, Bunny can bring will you, bring you a t-shirt IDP or Nation t-shirts for all the little good boys and girls out there. <laughs> oh shoot! But anyway, uh, I'm guessing my Battle Hawks uh, held on for their cover. Uh, I think so. Yes. Alrighty. Last I seen, they did so. Woohoo! I think they was like four minutes. They were down four. I think it was. So I think you're. I think you're okay. Think I'm safe. All right. All right. All right. All right. I love those redheads, man. What are you talking about? You anyway. said all right, all right, all right. Do you not know that movie? <laughs> I do. Okay. Uh, he he says all right. Those field. redheads. I thought he was talking about whatever. Anyway, so you don't even know. Talking about dazed and confused, man. You are Come dazed on. and confused. That's for sure. Matthew uh, McConaughey says I love those redheads. My dragons came came away the win. <laughs> Go dragons! Uh, my guardians lost. Go uh, Hawks! They got their ass kicked. I know. DC uh, looks legit good. Uh, DC sucks. XFL talk next. We're out. Good. Titans night, up. Go Vols. Vol Nation. <laughs>